you know, we're going, we're in this going, hey, I'm to be a support to my spouse, to love my husband. So am I supposed to hear everything that he comes home and dumps? Like I say this to my husband, if you really need someone coaching you through whatever you're facing right now, let's have it be somebody else. I'm going to just carry that inside. The next time I see that person, I'm curious at them. And we're thinking very Western, just kind of one dimensional, like it's a job. Other jobs don't train, you know, the spouse. Why would we? Yeah. So we're, okay, so great. I bet you're teaching me more how to go home and love a husband who's never home. Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to the Before You Quit podcast, where we are all about bringing courage and perspective when serving gets hard, and man, does it get hard sometimes. My name is Mitch Schultz. I am your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Uh, I'd love to talk more about Fruitful Vine, so on occasion you'll be hearing me just promoting a little bit about who we are and what we do. If you're interested more about this ministry, you can go to www.fruitfulvineministry.com. And if you know of anybody that needs help and encouragement, a pastor, a elder, a missionary, international worker that's going through uh, some struggles and just needs uh, someone to walk with them through that, uh, hey, that's what we're all about. Uh, one of the things I'm excited about right now is in the uh, small town where I live here in Tacoa, Georgia, is I'm collaborating with one of the professors from the college here and uh, who worked on a sabbatical in the uh, area. His study during the sabbatical was resilience and ministry. And we started getting together and uh, decided to gather five pastors. Most of them are quite young guys. And we meet every two weeks, and we call this resilience and ministry. RIM uh, is an acronym. And uh, we just sit down and talk with these guys about uh, what it takes to be resilient in ministry. Uh, it's a great opportunity to mentor and to encourage guys as they are on the start of ministry. Some maybe even having gone through some challenges, and it's a great way to process. So on occasion, I like to just talk a little bit about who we are and what we do. And again, you can go to our website and check that out. So today we're going to talk about the pastor's wife and what that uh, world is like for uh, probably one of the toughest, most unassuming roles, undefined roles. Uh, it's the pastor that prepares for a ministry, and oftentimes the wife does not. Uh, she might train theologically, and but uh, there aren't courses that necessarily talk about how to be a pastor's wife. And it struck me as I was preparing for this that I've been married to a pastor's wife for over 30 years, and uh, while she's been amazing support to me, my wife Elaine has been, I know there were times where it was very difficult not knowing exactly what was expected of her, uh, too much expectation of her, too much assumptions. Uh, but this is, a, this is something that just does not have a, a, an assigned or a, a defined role. Um, I remember uh, interviewing, both of us were interviewing for a church about 25 years ago. We were in transition, heading overseas, but we needed to do uh, some have some experience in, in a pastoral role here in the States, and we uh, candidated in this uh, church, I think it was in Jackson, Michigan, middle of winter. Uh, it was snowing. I remember calling the elder and saying, hey, I'm, I'm assuming you're calling it off because of the weather, and they laughed at me because this is what they're used to there. Uh, but during the supper, uh, we were meeting with the elders and, and their wives, and a great time until one of the the wives leaned over to my wife, Elaine, and says, hey, good, if you come here, uh, you can take over women's ministry from me. Well, needless to say, that lady continued serving as head of the women's ministry, and uh, we ended up not going there, and, and that 
was one piece of it is my wife feeling like there would be some unhealthy expectations for her. So, wow, there's so much that is on the pastor's wife, and she's not trained for it. And uh, But her role is so important in uh, not just giving support to the husband, but in her own role. And we're going to talk today about how the gospel really uh, gives definition. Sherry Thomas is uh, who I'm going to be talking about today. She's not just a pastor's wife. She has a heart for pastor's wife, wives, and uh, especially those in church planting. And uh, she's one who, having gone through this, uh, has the ability and the voice to to do something about it. And so she started a ministry called Paracleo Ministry, which is a worldwide ministry that su- uh, supports uh, pastors' wives, mentors them, gives them the tools, uh, works in small groups with them, trains mentors. And uh, this is probably one of the most refreshing topics that I've done on Before You Quit, because I, I know it's going to speak directly to uh, to a a uh, group of people who just don't know who who they are uh, necessarily in ministry, and I know this will encourage them. Um, this is not just for pastor's wives. This is uh, good for a pastor to listen to so he understands better what his wife is going through. But also, this is great for the church to understand that woman who's married to their pastor, <laughs> how best that they can uh, serve them. So Sherry lives in uh, New York City, works there with her husband, John, and uh, they work with uh, a ministry uh, connected to Redeemer Church, and uh, she'll be talking a little bit about that um, fascinating conversation that we have. Uh, one of the things in Sherry's bios here that we did not cover, but it's worth noting here, that uh, she loves outdoor storms. Uh, go figure. And she loves sailing, hopefully not during storms. Uh, she loves cooking and has three adult children, and uh, enjoys life, has a contagious laugh, and you will absolutely love this conversation with Sherry Thomas. So let's go ahead and dive into that right now. All right, I'm excited for today's uh, podcast interview. I'm talking to Sherry Thomas, who is in New York City. Is that correct, Sherry? Correct. Okay, and um, you... uh, have a specific ministry to pastors' wives, and that's something that I have not covered yet in any of the podcasts here. So I'm excited to, to be talking to you about this. Uh, tell me first a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What does your husband do? And um, what led you to do that? And then I'm excited to just see where the conversation goes as we specifically talk about your ministry. Well, okay. Just briefly, my husband and I both trained for ministry, so we met um, in seminary and, you know, you have all these great ideas of what you're going to (laughs) do. And then we go out and promptly failed and flat on our Mm -hmm. faces and, you know, one of those kinds of stories. So really that you're the only one that's ever had that happen to That's amazing. Maybe we need to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a whole podcast. Mm. Um, but basically through the whole experience, we were church planting, and that's what we've continued on in, even though we've pastored in that sense, mm-hmm. from the church plant to the pastor, pastorate. But seeing just the amount of difficulty, and I guess I was surprised because when we were outside the United States, I thought, well, surely in the United States, there's going to be something for this. So then when we planted back in the United States. Where, where were you overseas? We were in Spain. Okay. Yeah. So then we came, then we were back and it was like, uh, no, there isn't anything here. 
And then when I used to have, I was asked to speak at different events and it was recorded. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, I need to shut off the recording. Let women freely express what they're experiencing. And as they did, and I, I kept hearing things, I finally went to the denomination um, uh, we were with and just said, we've got to do something. This is, this is wrong. Um, you know, so as you were speaking, one of the things that became evident to you was that, that what wives were, were hurting and did not know who to talk to and you were tapping something there. Well, just the, the, the things that they were facing was so over the top of what Mm. we would expect. And again, um, most of these were starting out with starting a new church. But even so, you know, you take most churches a smaller size. Women are still in the same um, situation as, let's say, someone who's starting a new church. So mm-hmm. I was realizing with the amount of work that they're doing for the church and then the lack of, of really, in, there's no finances given to this. There's no training. There's mm-hmm. no any kind of support. So that's where I was just going, why do we keep doing this? Why are we, why are we, why are we ignoring what is so obvious that there's an obvious need here? So what, what burdened you when you began to sense this the most? Well, I think for, first of all, looking at our own marriage and how ministry, um, if it wasn't for our own idolatries, we would have divorced. That's mm. crazy to say. Wow. Mm. But, um, um, and seeing how, how much stress it put on our own marriage and then finding other couples, you know, the same boat. Yeah. What, what, um, what did you find? And maybe this, you can speak out of your own experience here because you both, you, you, you began by sharing how you both went to seminary, right? So you were, you're were both being prepared for ministry uh, but but later you you realize that uh, hey there's 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 a unique need w- with the wife that apparently was not addressed in seminary. Um, what have you found is the hardest thing about being a pastor's wife? Obviously, I can't relate to that. Uh, uh, my <laughs> wife and I have been ministry in ministry for thirty three years, so I can see you know how she has you know faced some of these things. But what what have you seen? Well. Um... I think one of the hardest things is, and it's not something I don't, I don't think a woman would just pick up on when she's, if you asked her, but after doing research on it, one of the hardest things about being a pastor's wife is there's this sense of ambiguity of you don't know um, where the boundaries are, like what is my mm-hmm. role, what um, uh, just is there... Um, you know, how much, like even the use of a physical space, how many things take place in our home? Does our budget go towards covering all the food and hospitality that we do? Is that mm-hmm. out of what, you know, what, what, where are the boundaries? And then, mm-hmm. so that's physical and then um, role and then also emotional because, you know, we're going, we're in this going, hey, I'm to be a support to my spouse, to love my husband. So, what, you know, am I supposed to hear everything that he comes home and dumps? Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of women have even, or I heard somebody use the um, a term, a toxic waste dump. That's what it mm. is. And I thought that says it perfectly of how difficult it is to hear all these things that are happening 
but there's nothing you can do about it personally. It's a, it's a tough one because a husband, it's interesting. I, I, um, I had a talk with my son-in-law who just started a new job yesterday. I hope he doesn't listen to this. If he does, it's fine. Um, and I, I gave him my little pep talk. My kids are used to me doing that. And I, and I told him, I said, hey, um, there's going to be people you don't like and there's going to be things you don't like in this new job. And so just stay on task. And then the other thing I share, and I said, I'm, I'm just sharing this out of 33 years in, in ministry, uh, try to be really discerning what you come home with. And, and one of the ways to separate your work life from your home life is not overloading your wife with the burdens that you're experiencing at work. But at the same time, she's your best friend. So it's logical that you're going to share with your best friend. How, how do you balance that? And, and also talk a little bit about some of the, uh, how has this presented itself from the pastor's wives you've talked about? What are you hearing them say? What's it sound like? What are they saying? Well, it's, it's, you know, I'm going crazy. I want to get out of this. I want to quit, <laughs> but it's, um, and, and it's like, there's this, there's this, there's, there's several things here. For instance, it might not always be something negative, but just the new ideas that are, you know, let's go, you know, Hey, I think I'm thinking of starting another church, you know, on the other side of town. I'm, so there's these ideas that are happening, which constantly come back to us as the wife going, wait, are we moving? Are the kids going to be out of school? Are we, <laughs> what's happening? Mm. So that's part of it. And so you have this, 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 it, it produces so much stress because there's so much unknown. Yeah. And then when you're hearing the negative things that are happening and he's, you know, yes, it might be for prayer. It might be for some reason, but to really go, if, if he's like, I say this to my husband, if you really need someone coaching you through whatever you're facing right now, let's have it be somebody else. Because, mm. because it's, it's, I'm going to just carry that inside. The next time I see that person, I'm furious at him. You know, how dare you do this to my husband? How, mm. so, and he might be going, oh, no, no, it's fine. It's all worked out. Well, I just got the toxic dump of mm. what he was experiencing in the moment. And it's, and secondhand, it always feels a lot worse sometimes than, what might actually be happening. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Because you're, you're remembering the last time and it's just, it's a, it can be a cumulative. Uh, well, you've experienced this. I mean, this is not just theoretical to you. Uh, your husband's also in ministry, been in ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit about what he does and also how, how have you both uh, found a balance? Okay. Well, um, He's a, he's a minister, uh, church planter, pastor, and now he's working for Redeemer City to City. Uh, in, in, New, in New York City, right? New York City in charge of their global training, of training up um, other church planters. And um, you said, how have we attained a balance? Right? Is that? Yes, yes. <laughs> I probably should have said, have you discovered the balance? <laughs> no, we never have. Yeah. And I think we've embraced the fact that life isn't going to be balanced in that sense. But we've also have learned to not be hurt by the fact of, hey, wait, I don't think I can hear that. Mm. I don't know if I can hear that at all. But it might just be like, we both respect when the other goes, wait, wait, I don't think I can hear what you're about to say. Um, you know, so we, so we take the responsibility ourselves to let our, to let the other know what might be too much to hear. 
Yeah, that's good. And, and that gives you credibility when you're speaking to women, either in conferences or groups that uh, you're not coming at this saying, hey, we finally have found this, this uh, perfect place. Uh, as you share the reality of the difficulty for you, it, it lets them find a comfortable place in, in relating to you. And uh, that, that's powerful. Well, and it's true. There is no <laughs> perfect answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your, your concern, you alluded to this, that there's, there's little training and given to preparing the pastor's wife, a um, lot of training in preparing the pastor, or if the wife is going to go in ministry, a lot of times it's in, in, in respect of, uh, uh, you know, educational, biblical, theological, organizational, uh, but not in, in, in this uh, area. Um, why do you think that's the case, and, and what can be done about it, and what are you doing about it? Okay, why the case if there's not training for pastor's wife? Is that mm-hmm. okay? Well, I think I think one of the problems has been that people are saying, "Hey, we don't." And it's true, we don't want you to think we're getting two for one here. Um, so why you're you're not the one with the job? He is. So why should there be any training for this? And we're thinking very Western um, mm. in the sense of um, just kind of one dimensional, like it's a job. Other jobs don't train, you know, the spouse. Why would we? Yeah. So we're looking at ministry, I think, too narrowly. And we're not looking at it in the sense that it, it comes in and impacts the entire family. There mm. is no sense of, I go to work and it's separate from the rest of my family. No, everything in, about this job is interrelated um, and it will impact the family and the family impact the church. So I think probably the first issue is because we're looking at it as only a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, a lot of um, people have said, well, training and what? Mm. And so again, we're thinking of, well, wait, we're not hiring her. What would we train her in? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so again, we're, Good point. so one dimensional, we're only thinking of you're, you're, you know, training you to preach, training you to, you mm-hmm. know, um, deal with conflict, training you to, and it's like, no, no, because it intersects all areas of our life. The training needs to be, I, I, I believe specifically with a gospel perspective of how do you face life in this setting of pastoral ministry um, as a woman and with the things you're going to encounter, how does the gospel impact all of that? Too often mm. we think the gospel is only salvation instead of uh, how, you know, I have to deal with my own identity and what I, how, where I personally struggle. Otherwise I'm just going to say yes to everything and be exhausted all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that's really good. That's well, well stated. Um, hey, to get to give a little context here, uh, talk a little bit about what you do. Um, you know, how how are you approaching these subjects? How are you meeting women? And then I'd like to talk about you know giving you giving some examples of of where you're seeing women encouraged by what you're doing. But so let's let's talk first about what is it you're doing? What's your ministry doing? What's it called again? Okay, well, Parakaleo is Greek for coming alongside. So um, our I, I knew that, <laughs> <laughs> but my I, listener, my two listeners are not going to know that. So that's helpful. Thank you. <laughs> well, we felt it would translate well into any language, you know. Sure, because. it does. Yeah. <laughs> but so it's basically we want to come alongside 
women who are in this particular type of ministry where uh, they may have uh, their own other ministries, but particularly as a spouse mm. and how that Im- is impacting them. So we, we have several courses that we offer. They're relational, which means we're not, we're not primarily about what you're going to learn cognitively. Um, so we, we provide this, what we call relational space for women. So we do it with our, um, on-site intensives, you know, real live in person. Mm-hmm. We also have uh, virtual groups, um, that we do online and we offer, um, coaching. Okay. Okay. So this is, this is, um, something that people can find more about on the website. We'll be giving right. that out in, in the link as well as mention it at the uh, conclusion of this podcast. So what, what, um, and, and this has got to be super encouraging for you because any of us, we want to see outcome, good outcome, you know, good response. What, what are you seeing? You know, when are, when are those moments where you see a pastor's wife who maybe has been discouraged and, and they're lifted and they've been given perspective, courage? Well, it's so exciting. It's, it, it's what keeps me going in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've seen somebody who goes, um, this is life changing. Like, and I think what happens again, we kind of get, we get overwhelmed with our own personal lives. And so when you can get out of that, get a bigger picture scope of what God is doing and where you, where your story intersects with God's story. And as women begin to see that and go realize God really cares about me. It's not just this ministry. Mm -hmm. I'm not just here to be used for some purpose that I really matter. And so as they have start having freedom in that sometimes it's freedom to quit all the many things they're doing and interesting just, yeah but for others it's like wow i've been um um holding people at a distance i've been too afraid of people hurting me and as they start that ha- starts giving them courage to go where might god be asking me to be involved mm. with people and it might look really different than what anyone in the church would expect and that's what we're excited about mm. Because those are things that are going to change not just their lives, but the people around them. So you're not you're talking. It's deeper than just helping a, a wife to be a good wife to her husband as he does his job. You're <laughs> uh, if uh, no one can see that she just put her finger in her mouth like she wanted to throw up when I asked that. <laughs> Let me give a little visual description of what I just saw on the video screen right now. Uh, why why did you react that way to what I just said? <laughs> well, I think. Like I've had so many guys come up to me and go, oh, it's, we're so glad you're doing something to encourage women how to love their husbands. And it's like, no, that's oh not my goodness. what we're doing. Yeah. That is not what we're doing. And it's not that that's not important, but that's usually the kind of things all women get. Mm-hmm. Okay, so great. I'm You're teaching me more how to go home and love a husband who's never home. Um, wow. you know, it's, not, yeah. it's not giving them, what, what do we need? All of us need to be taken back to... Jesus Christ to the cross, how is that big enough to, to, for me today to face what I'm facing today? That's what mm-hmm. I need. I need someone to help direct me back to that when my husband isn't home for the, you know, fifth row in a night, or I don't, you know, he's so busy, I can't talk to him. I'm afraid he's going to have a heart attack. Where do I take all those words? I need someone to take me back to Christ because most often I'm not getting there on my own. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is sometimes mm. when, when we're kind of that 
overwhelmed by life, prayers can just, you're just feeling like you're hitting a, a you know, a, a brick wall, like they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I need, I really, I need Christ to come rescue me. And often that's through another person. Have you found that a woman getting, a, a wife getting perspective like this actually hurts the ministry? Um, oh, we've had some people decide afterwards. They've gone back and have quit their churches, their church plants. Oh, but that's healthy then. I mean, it, it hurts in the sense that, yeah. yeah. I'm, and I would say, yeah, our goal isn't to make sure you stay in ministry. It's to bring you back to Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ will lead people in those decisions. So I, I've never heard of anything of where it's uh, yeah, I've never heard of something where this has been negative. Yeah, that that's that's good. Yeah, I I would have, have assumed that as well. Uh, but it might change the 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 situation. Um, well, the vocation. Okay. Yes, but I, I'm sorry. I will say this. Uh, sorry, let me take that back. What I just said. I have seen um, one or two divorces. Hmm. That would not be, of course. Um, the desire, but sometimes it's been in a situation that the two times that it's been in a situation where it was actually abusive and she wasn't willing to. Yeah. So the more she, you know, so as, as she started standing up to, um, to that, that's, that is how it ended. You alluded earlier to a pastor, you know, someone naively thanking you for, you know, helping his wife to be better support. Uh, let, let's let's sort of turn that into a, a positive uh, motivation <laughs> here for him. Um, what what uh, what does the pastor need to understand uh, about his wife that would that would you know cause him to be uh, really supportive of her rather than expecting him to be her to be supportive? Because I think that's oftentimes the the conversation is how can a wife best be supportive of her pastor husband? Um, What can the pastor do to be supportive of his wife? Yeah. And I don't mean to say that that's not important, Mm -hmm. but that's, if that's, there's just so much more to it. And I would think for for him to understand that ongoing, ongoing ministry just places stress on, on the wife, basically because of the unknowns of it. There are so many unknowns of how it, how it bleeds into all aspects of your life. And so I think too often men are wanting to fix, like come mm-hmm. in and go, okay, well, let's fix this. And why are you still complaining? Maybe they wouldn't say that, but they might feel that. So I would say, and this is what we had to do was even um, put aside a time when we could sit down and talk about what was happening. And I'm talking about like every day or just, mm. but where it's not that it has to be, a, you know, something to be solved, but this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm feeling. And then my husband validating it. Mm. So I think for the, for him to validate, like that must be really hard. Like even if he doesn't understand it completely, just validating that she is experiencing something. And it's not like, well, that wasn't as hard as it was, you know, for so-and-so or, you know, just those mm-hmm. things that make you feel like you're going crazy because you want someone to hear. So that's, I think that's really important for him to validate what she's experiencing. Yeah. I, I bet you have husbands sometimes referring their wives to you and your ministry, you know, hoping that uh, it'll, it'll fix something, which, uh, you know, uh, is again, it comes out of some naivety, I think, doesn't it? 
Well, yeah. And what we want to do is I want to see change come about by having healthy models. Yeah. So that's, that's where we're coming in of saying we want to see, see um, a healthy model presented that there's another way that this can be done. Good, good. Yeah, you know, my ministry, uh, we don't know each other well. We've had one or two conversations, but I, I work with pastors that are that are hurting and, and uh, sometimes just coaching them through decisions they're making or challenges within the church. But it's amazing to me how often um, I'll be referred to a guy and we'll have a conversation for a month or so. And within a couple of months, I'm doing marriage counseling. Right. You know, it, it started out with they, they've, they've come to me for help in their ministry. But as we get into some of the deeper, you know, pull the layers back, uh, we realize this, it, this is, it, it, it has become so serious. It's a, it's affecting the marriage right. uh, or sometimes the marriage can be the cause, you know, that that's right. the, the, yeah. the, 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 the marriage tensions that are, that are creating stress in ministry. Um, so how do you, how do you respond to that? What have you seen in that? Uh, in well, that again, area? I think, I think what, what um, is just about impossible to have in, in, in ministry is that, you can't separate it out. It's, it's mm -hmm. so instead of like a lot of people try that as the answer, it's going to be totally, but it, it, the only way to completely separate it out is to attend another church. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's like, you just, you just can't. So I see it bleeding into just about, you know, every area. So like in another line of work, if my husband's having a problem at work, it's not impacting me necessarily personally. Mm -hmm. You know, I can feel for him, but if he's having a problem at the church, people are having a problem with him. That's impacting me. I mm. know those people. I have a relationship with them. So those are the areas that make it, um, that are hard. We can't, we can't parse that out. Yeah. 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 Um, you, you talk a lot about mentoring and, uh, yeah. you know, your blogs and your website. And I, uh, one of the conversations we had before you talked about the importance of mentoring. Um, what should a pastor's wife do in seeking that? How do you encourage that? What does that look like? Well, um, I mean, you can go right onto our website to, to sign up for like, if, if you're doing it through Pericaleo, mm -hmm. you can do it with, um, oftentimes we'll do it for like three months, twice a month for an hour and a half. And it's done virtually so we can mm -hmm. see face to face. I, the reason why sometimes I hesitate from just saying finding a wise mentor mm -hmm. is I've had really, thankfully, been able to have wise women in my life. But in several cases, if they haven't been particularly in this line of work, they're not aware of um, some, some of the direction maybe I was given as a younger woman. I would look at it now and go, wow, that was not the direction. Mm. Take. So the reason I'm recommending more coaching is it's somebody who is helping to listen about what's happening and then help helping you come to the decision of what you need to do about it and then helping you, you know, do that. That's so do you train, do you train mentors as well to well, it's all fill coaching. that role? We, we train, coaching. Yeah, yeah. We train, okay. we train, yes. We, and one of our, probably our biggest, reason I think why we're spreading is because we are training leaders how to do this. So we're okay. Yeah. People to be a paracleo coach, paracleo trainer, that type of thing. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, I was reading one of your blogs last week the, and you wrote this. Um, I'd like for you to expand on that, maybe give an example. Uh, you said, when young men exhibit skills and interest in ministry, they are usually encouraged and pursued. When young women display a similar interest, they're more likely to be questioned about it and even their motives doubted. What's going on there? <laughs> well, there's a big disparity between mm-hmm. men and women, you know, in ministry. And I know times are changing, but I keep seeing this. So I don't think times are changing quite that quickly. Um, and I, I would say it's across the board. It's not just in one particular, you know, it's not conservative or liberal issue. Sure, sure. And um, I, I had somebody read recently read my, my insider vision paper for what we're wanting to do. And I go, tell me as a man how you, what you see the problem to be with why women are treated this way. And he's in his 80s. And he said, to be honest, Sherry, it's that um, men are afraid women are going to have too much power. Mm. That was one of his, he goes, I just, he goes, I, I feel like we're still so struggling with that. And he goes, it's a gospel issue, but we're covering it up with, you know, maybe theological terms or something. Um, so that was, that was interesting. But I, I do think there is that, there is that problem. So there's a lot of um, just disparaging remarks. I mean, disrespectful remarks and they continue. It's not, mm. they're happening today too. Yeah, yeah, and, and culture is putting pressure on the church and in trying to resolve this. And um, yeah, when you when you talk about the gospel addressing this, how how does it address it? Well, I think I think in a sense, when I talk about the gospel addressing an issue, it's like okay, if there is a fear there of of a person has has fear, let's say a woman having too much power, and I'm not talking about ordination or anything. I'm just saying just ministry. Just yeah, yeah. Just, so, um, so one of the things um, with the gospel addressing is going, I think we need to get to the place of, have I identified my fears? Am I identifying, why do I do what I do? Why? Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I mean by it addressing. And so when, it, when we start letting the gospel address our fears, we move into repentance. We remove mm. faith. We move into areas that before that we might say, there's no way I'm touching that. You know, we start going in directions we never realize. It's not that our theology changes. It's that it's impacting our hearts to, to bring us to a place of repentance. I love that. And repentance leads to humility and then eventually service. And right. um, that's, that's what we want to see is, is women, you know, in, in this case, you know, looking narrowly at the, at the issue of pastor's wives is we want them to, uh, understand what serving Jesus looks like, whether they're a pastor's wife or not. But uh, oftentimes, as we've been talking about here, you got to fight the the perceptions, the expectations. Uh, but but bottom line, you're you're saying that the gospel frees a woman to understand her calling by Jesus that uh, is to her husband and to the church. Well, and, and to her identity, it's right. not based in how successful. His ministry is, I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of us will get our identity out of whether he's successful, whether I'm successful, whether people Mm -hmm. like this. So, so when it frees you to do that, it frees you to look at, wow, God, I'm not lost here. Your eyes see me. You very much see me. How might 
how come you have put me in this specific, let's say marriage or at this specific area in the world Mm. and what might you be doing through that? So I think when women start getting that kind of a perspective, I just start hearing of things that, that people are doing. I'm just going, okay, this is mind blowing. Wow. Wow. Hey, um, wrap up with this. Uh, there's a pastor's wife. She's discouraged right now. And um, you, you mentioned that uh, many wish their husbands were, I think this is one of the statistics on your website that a lot of women, you hear women say you wish, they wish their husbands were doing something else than what they're doing right now. Um, what do you say to her right now as she's going through this? Well, I would first want to remind her, like Hagar, you know, who named God and said, you're the God who sees, that mm. God sees you, you're not invisible, you're not lost to him. He, God is not the type of God who you know, wants you for what, what you can offer. Mm. No, he wants you for you. He loves you. Wow, I love that. And, mm. and then that wherever you are today, this is not the end of your story. Mm. Um, I, I like to think of hope. Um, the definition of hope as um, waiting for redemption in the midst of decay. Mm. So I want to say, as you're in the midst of decay today, to not give up hope, to to keep looking for where redemption will come for you in your particular situation. Well, that's extremely encouraging. And um, I I know that those who will be listening to this will be eager to to want to know more about uh, who you are and what you're offering. Because again, that's one of the things that, that, drew me to want to talk to you is I, I've not met a lot of people that are exclusively in a ministry that is to the pastor's wife. And in your case, even more exclusively to church planting wives. And uh, so thank you for doing this. And thank you for, yes, uh, you, you, you're telling me you have one more thing you wanted to say. I Go ahead. Have one more thing because you asked what a man could do to. Yes. Um, and I, I, I think if, if men would start putting in the church budget, just, um, create a line item where it's for the sustainability and ministry for the pastoral's family, sustainability and ministry. You probably don't mm. want to wife's care. That would get kind of freaky, but um, because without your family being sustained, you're not going to make it, you know, I mean, if she, so you want to be in here for the long haul. So start by creating something so she can attend or can get a coach or can go to something where she can be restored and encouraged. So that's what I'm encouraging men to do to start putting those line items in their um, church budgets. Well, I know there's some uh, church leaders that listen to this as well and elders and, and I would encourage them also to, and we talk a lot about this. I, I talk a lot about the, the, the ministry uh, being as healthy as the, the family. And the last podcast we did, uh, we, we talked about, uh, you know, a lot of guys are good at marriage. A lot of couples are good at ministry rather, but not good at marriage. Right. And so if the, if the leadership in the church make it a high commitment, a high value, not just that they pastor well, but right. that he, he, he serves well as a husband and a father and that she's cared for as a wife, you're going to get a better pastor out of the deal, you know? And, um, so, so that's what we're hoping will, will be one of the outcomes here. Um, you've written a book, uh, tell us about that book. It's entitled beyond duct tape, holding the heart together in a life of ministry. What, uh, how would you sum that book up in a sentence? 
Uh, basically, what we did there was we took um, our basic course that's uh, um, the gospel in the heart, and we took the main issues that women are facing um, in the pastorate and saying, let's devote a chapter to um, what are resources that will help them in this area. Also giving like some stories just so they realize, wow, they're not the only one who's struggling with that. Mm -hmm. So it just covers some of those, um, some of those basic areas that women find have in common. Well, I look forward to reading that book. I, I know it'll help me as well in, in what I'm doing. Sherry, this has been a great interview. I, I, um, I, I love talking to you. It's great meeting you. And uh, I, I look forward to just hearing more of what the Lord's doing through your, your ministry and your life. And hopefully this will be a, lo- a small piece of what you're doing, reaching uh, another I, circle of people. And I wanted to say, too, thank you, because it's, it's going to take men advocating for this. So I really... Mm you um making this a priority you got it you got it thank you sherry appreciate it okay bye-bye bye-bye all right well there you have it thank you so much for listening to the podcast today and we appreciate uh, the feedback that you can give to us if you have any questions or comments about anything that we've talked about today with sherry thomas on the uh, subject of the pastor's wife. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. That's mitch at beforeyouquit.us. And as we've mentioned before, we'd love for you to go to iTunes and give us a good five-star rating there and leave a little review. This helps to get the word out about Before You Quit. Uh, you can also go to our website, beforeyouquit.us, www.beforeyouquit.us. US and check out other podcasts and also on the information about this podcast uh, you can see resources that uh, relate to the subject today and the website from uh, the Paracleo Sherry Thomas's ministry uh, book that she's written as well that will be a great resource so until next week stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all that hard stuff that comes with it And remember again what we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged. 